Psalm chapter 23. But uh, let's just read through this psalm together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What is it like to be in the God's flock? What is it like to be a part of God's flock? Well, David's going to describe it to you as we go through here. What it's like to be in the God's flock. The first thing up at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Look, the Lord is my shepherd. Being in God's flock means that Jesus Christ is your shepherd. But in my flock that I'm in, Jesus is the shepherd. See, there's other flocks running around out there. And Jesus isn't the shepherd. The Bible calls him and Zechariah says it's the idol shepherd. I-D-O-L. Like a worship, idol worship. So there's going to be a shepherd stand up that's not the real shepherd. But in the flock we're talking about, the Lord is our shepherd. You realize that he's saying that you're sheep. Have any of y'all been around sheep? Okay, let me tell you something about sheep. And this is every one of y'all. Underneath the sound of my voice that knows Jesus Christ. He says you're a sheep. They're the stupidest, dumbest, brainless animals you've ever, God ever created and I've ever seen. They're stupid. I, I, I used to, uh, when I pastored down at Coleman, uh, Dewey Wilson... He was a sheep farmer. You know what he said about sheep? He said they're always looking for a place to die. Amen. Amen. They're just looking for a place to die. You watch sheep out in the field, they're stupid. The first sheep jumps up and clicks his heels. You know what another one will do? And and they'll just follow each other. Okay, let me ask you this. I've heard pigs attacking men, amen? I've heard of dogs attacking men. I've even heard of a cat attacking guys. You see that, that viral video with the cat? The, the little kid was on his little toy and that dog, the neighborhood dog came over to grab that kid. Did you see that video? And that, that dog was grabbing, and that little cat goes, and jumped on that dog and chased that dog off. It was a protecting cat. i never seen anything like it. Show me a video of sheep attacking a man. Come on. I was out there in the field and he's, these sheep, they were smoking cigarettes and they had these, had these studded rings on. They're they beating me up. You know, no, 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 ever talks about being attacked by sheep, amen. You're stupid. You're dumb. And you've got to realize that. And you're never going to be anything for the Lord until you realize I'm nothing without Jesus Christ. I'm brainless. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'll do dumb things. I'm going to follow people because I'm stupid that way. And when I see somebody do it, I'll go do it too because I'm an idiot. I'm just like a sheep. And the Lord says, you are a sheep, but I'm your shepherd. And praise God, we got a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When Jesus Christ, when you're in this flock, and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He's going to fulfill your spiritual needs in every way. You will not want for spiritual needs at all, ever. I'm telling you what, when I accepted Jesus Christ, and people always tell people, yeah, I read the Koran, and I, I, if I could get a hold of a satanic Bible, and have one. Oh, Brother Coogan, I can't believe you'd say that. There's nothing there for me. I've already tasted the water, everything else, the sewer water. When you get a hold of the pure water, when you get a hold of Jesus Christ, everything else is trash, spiritually speaking. 
It is. You know what? But you got to get a hold of Jesus Christ first. And when you get the real thing, then you'll know how everything else is trash. A lot of people go in through the wrong way. And they never get Jesus Christ. And when you have Jesus Christ, he says, I shall not want. And let me tell you something else about not wanting. When you're with Jesus Christ and you're walking with the Lord, you'll learn to be content with what you have. You might have an old junker. You might be driving something smoking. You might keep all the mosquitoes away in the whole neighborhood because you drive down the neighborhood with that car smoking, you know. Amen. But you know what you'll be? You'll be content. You'll go to your old house, and that old house might be leaking, and it might be run down, and you'll see your neighbor's house, and it looks like a mansion, but you'll be content. You know why? Because you've got Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know you've got something better coming. When I'm driving down the road, and I look over there, and I see these big old nice houses, you know, and, and uh, my old coveting heart gets to think, man, I wish I had that. You know, I wish I had that. You know what the Lord speaks to my heart? You can't pay the taxes. <laughs> uh, who's going to clean that thing? You can't pay a maid. And you know what else the Lord speaks to Mark? Because the Lord knows how much I hate to mow. I hate mowing. The Lord said, who's going to mow that? You'll have to mow all those acres. Thank you, Lord, for the little house I have. I'm content with what I have. I shall not want. Verse 2. He maketh me. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. See, He makes you to lay down in green pastures. You know why He makes you lay down in green pastures? Because we're so stupid, we think the grass is greener on the other side. Everything goes, oh, I wish I could be doing what they're doing. And we always think it's so much greener on the other side. And the Lord says here, David says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He has to make you to lie down where it's good. You know why? Because you're dumb and brainless and like sheep. You know what I know about green grass? The grass is greener over the septic tank too. Amen. Think about that one for a little while. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You know what they say about sheep? They say, and I, I, I guess this is true, that sheep won't drink off running water. The water's got to be still before the sheep will drink. You know what still water says to me, Brother Raymond? Still water says to me, peace. 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 And water says to me, and if you know your Bible, you know water's the type of the Holy Spirit. And when you know the Lord, the Lord's your shepherd, the Holy Spirit is living in you, and you're going to have peace. You're going to have still waters in your life. When all the storms of life are raging around you, you'll be there and you'll have peace. And you can't explain it to somebody. The Bible says it's the peace that passeth all understanding. I went to visit people in jail and I'll sit in the visitation room and I'll see all these people and they're all sad and mad and look like they just got off a drunk and they might, half of them are probably high and I'm in the visitation room, you know, and I'm looking at all these people and man, this is a rough crowd. And I go into the, the room there in Brown County, and there'll be all, all the, here's all the people behind the glass. And, it's all, and I was going to visit this girl I knew, and, and all these girls, you know, look at you like, you know, like they want to kill you and everything. You walk, I mean, this is a rough crowd. And I get down to the girl that I'm going to talk to, and she, her face is glowing. So I pick up the phone, and she, oh, I'm so excited in here. God's got me right where he wants me to be. And the Lord's speaking in my heart, and she was so excited. I kept, I kept telling her, you know what, you're happier on that side of the glass in prison than all these people on this side of the glass. Why is that? Jesus Christ, the peace that passeth all understanding. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. What's it like to be in the flock of God? This is one of the greatest things about being in the flock of God and having Jesus Christ as our good shepherd. He will restore your soul. Because let me tell you something. When you mess up, and let me tell you, you will mess up. You listening to me? I don't care if you're a Christian and you say, I just got sad, just accept the Lord. You're going to mess up. You will mess up. Get ready. You're going to stumble and fall. You're going to make some mistakes, amen. You're nobody's perfect. 
The Bible says if you say you have no sin, you're a liar, and the truth's not in you. I didn't say the Bible said that. But you know what else the Bible says right there in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See here, restore my soul. When I do things that are stupid and I'm dumb and uh, helpless, just like a sheep, and I follow, maybe I follow something I've seen happening on TV, or I follow something I've seen or heard in a music video, or on, on a song, or I did something, I, I spouted my mouth off when I shouldn't have spouted my mouth off. I do those stupid things, and I do those things daily. When I get down on my knees and ask the Lord to forgive me, you know what He does? He restores my soul. That's why it's so wonderful to be in the flock of God. Because He understands you. He knows you're dumb. He knows you're helpless. He knows you need a shepherd. Stop trying to go your own way. Why don't you get in the flock? He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. You know what He's saying there? He says, He's leading me in the paths of righteousness. Jesus Christ, when you're in the flock of God, He'll lead you to do the right thing. It's amazing how the Lord will lead you to do those right things that you wouldn't have done before you were saved. You wouldn't have thought that way before you were saved. Before you were saved, it was all about me. It was all about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And when you accept Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit's working through you and He's leading you this way and that way, you know what you'll find out? You'll start going in the path of righteousness. You'll start doing those things you never would have done before Jesus Christ came into your heart. You'll start thinking on other people. You'll actually care about other people. And you'll say, I don't matter, but look at them. He leadeth me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. And he does all this because his name is on you. Listen to me. People say, don't use the Lord's name in vain. And they think about that being cussing, you know, saying, saying the different words, the cuss words that use the name like Jesus Christ. and use, No. It's saying you're a Christian and not living it. Saying, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, and Jesus Christ puts his name on you, and you're walking around doing all those things that aren't right. They call them hypocrites. And we're all hypocritical in, in, in ways, aren't we? Amen? He says he's going to lead you at the path of righteousness for his name's sake, because his name's on you. And he, they know, hey, that person's the flock of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ owns that sheep. Look at verse 4. Yea, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The best thing about being in the flock of God is this. I think it's one of the best things is he'll be with you when you die. He'll be with you when you take that last breath. Death, for a Christian, it's just a valley that we're walking through. You see that? I walk through it. Well, how are you going to walk through it? You've got to walk through it through Jesus Christ. He's going to lead you through it. He'll show up. You know, I was thinking the other day about Brother Trevor again. And I remember we went over to see uh, uh, Brother Trevor. I think it was like two days before he passed away. And his mom, Becky, told me, he goes, you know what he just told me? He said, I know I'm about to die. He told me, I know I'm about to die. And Becky said, well, what do you mean, Trevor? He said, I keep seeing beautiful women. Listen, guys, when you're there and you're about to take your last breath, the Lord will be there with you. Paul said, in this life only we had Jesus Christ. We would be men most miserable. In other words, if you're living because Jesus Christ makes this life better, you're going to be miserable, Christian. Jesus Christ is for the life to come. Jesus Christ is eternal life. Jesus Christ is a ticket into heaven. Jesus Christ is for when those storms of life come, and they will come. But Jesus Christ is for that life to come, not just for this life here. Because listen, if you're going to accept Jesus Christ for this life here, it'll make you miserable. Because you know what will happen? Your friends are going to laugh at you. You're going to lose some friends if you accept Jesus Christ. You might lose some mom. You might, your mom and dad might turn on you. But it's worth it to get into heaven. And to be there with Jesus Christ and have that eternal life. You know, my friend Joker's here. His name's Billy. He went Benny. My friend Joker. 
And when me and Joker grew up, if you had seen me and Joker, the background we came from, I told you how I live. Joker could probably tell you the stories of how I live, so don't talk to anybody after church, Joker. He's not allowed to. Nobody's allowed to talk to Joker after church. You had seen us, man, run around at 12, 13, 14. You're like, man, those are just some wild pack of dogs. Just wild. They're going to wind up in prison. And we should have. We should have wound up in jail. And some of y'all in here are exactly like what I'm talking about. I should have been in jail. I know Joker should have been in jail. I know a lot of y'all in here probably should have been in jail. But by God's grace, we're sitting here this morning. Amen. Jesus Christ. And when I finally met Joker, run into Joker again, he come to work with us again, you know, and I got to talk to him. I was going to witness to him. He knew the Lord. He had already been saved. He talked about the Lord. He started quoting all these verses. Kind of put me under conviction. I'm like, man, I need to learn that verse he just quoted to me. What happened? One man. The man Jesus Christ. He came along and saved Joker. And way over on the other side of town, he came along and saved this old wicked sinner, Keegan Hall. And we're here to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ is everything they say he is. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He'll be with you guys. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See that rod there? That's a chastening rod. Some of y'all don't like to hear this. That's a rod that you slap the sheep with when not doing what they're supposed to do. That rod, when you're in the flock of God with Jesus Christ, that means you're saved. God's going to correct you. He's going to speak to your heart. He's going to come to you and say, you know what, you're not doing right, Keegan. You need to do this and do that. And he's going to put me under conviction about stuff. He's going to bring some illness on me to get me right. He has before. He's going to speak to my heart. I'm going to be down. I'm going to be down in the dumps. I'm not going to be able to figure it out. And it's going to be that chastening rod. When you're in the flock of God, he's not going to let you get away with that stuff. Because his name's on you. And he's not going to let you. You know, what do we say to our kids? Don't embarrass the family. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. You know, they come out there and their hair's sticking out like that, like a monster. Like, rawr, rawr, and the, their hair's like a monster. And, you know, they hadn't, you know, they hadn't brushed their teeth and the, the, no one shoe's off. And you're like, don't, 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 don't go outside and embarrass the family like that, son. Go, go comb your hair. See, when you accept Jesus Christ, you become a son of God. You're adopted into the family of God. See, it says about leading me, that he's with you. See, you belong to the family of God. And I remember reading a story about this adopted boy, just like your adopted family of God, and these kids were picking on him because he was adopted. They kept making fun of him and saying, you know, you're adopted, ha, ha, ha. They were making fun of him. You know what that kid said? You know, he said, your mom and dad didn't have no choice, but my mom and dad chose me. Amen. God chose you. He came by your way and spoke to your heart, and you accepted him. He didn't have to come by your way, amen, but he did. And what does a king need from you? Jesus Christ is a king. What does he need from you? He don't need nothing. He can't, you can't give him nothing. Amen. But he still came by your way. Thy rod and thy staff, they come from me. That staff is a protecting staff. That's the staff they used to, well, he used to ward off the wolves or ward off the bears. That's the staff. Jesus Christ in this flock, he'll protect you from the enemy. Jesus Christ will protect you from the enemy. That's a great, that's a great promise. When you're having problems, you feel like the world's on you, you feel like the devil's after you, and the devil will get after you, Christian. So we, we live in a world where they, there's no devil, there's no demons, there's no this and that. Man, you're full of it. If you get, you, the reason why you don't see the demons is because they're sitting right next to you, and you're living around them, you know? But Jesus Christ is there to protect you, and he's there to comfort you. Look at verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And the flock of God, he's preparing a table for you. What's the table there for? To feed you. Jesus Christ feeds us. He feeds us. And he's got a table before your enemies. Your enemies are going to keep you from this table. The sheep don't get fed when they're all scattered around. 
When the sheep are scattered all over the country, they don't get fed. When do they get fed? They get fed when they all come together. We call it going to church. The shepherd can't feed you when you're scattered all around. It's supposed to be gathered together. And your enemy's going to keep you from getting to the table. Think about that. Don't fool yourself into thinking you don't need to come to church. You need church worse. I need church worse than you. I'm a pastor, and if something was to happen, and we've had the snow here and the ice, and we couldn't make it up to church, I could tell the difference in my spirituality from that Sunday to the next Wednesday. And I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm studying my Bible every day. I'm praying every day. You need church. Don't kid yourself. I had a brother Walter come in, and he was talking to me about this stuff, and uh, he was on Wednesday night, and I was preaching on tithing, of all things. Preaching on tithing. And little sister Avery, number, is 10 years old, she come right down on here. And got saved at 10 years old. Preaching on tithing. You know what Walter told me when he was walking out of the church? He said, if this church wasn't here, that little girl wouldn't have got saved. This church is not about me. This church isn't about the people. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. We come in here because Jesus Christ is worthy to come in here. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. Christian, if you're in the flock of God, you know this to be true. You're chosen and you're blessed. He's anointed your head with oil. He's chosen you. You're a child of the king. You need to dress like you're a child of the king. You need to act like you're a child of the king. You need to act like you're about to go on vacation to heaven. See, I work around men. I know how it happens. They put, their, they put their time to go on vacation. You know what happens about a week before they go on vacation? All of a sudden, they start smiling. And they start getting happy. Why are they getting happy? Because they're about to get out of there. They're about to escape that world of mess that I've worked with at the city of Brownwood. They're about to get away. And they get happy, and they start smiling, and everything's going great. You know why? Because they're about to go on vacation. You need to have the same attitude about heaven. You need to be saying, you know what? I'm happy. I'm about to get out of this mess. I'm about to check out. I'm about to get out of here. Look at verse 5, the end of verse 5. My cup, my cup runneth over. You might be a young Christian in here. And you might be an old Christian, mature Christian. That don't have anything to do with age. But there will come a time, and I know there will come a time in your life, you'll be able to say with all sincerity, my cup runneth over. Amen. I can say that. I can say that my cup runneth over. I love to see God work in people's lives. I told you little sister Avery came down here and got saved. And I told you last Wednesday she was talking to her grandma about, she was, we don't have a church. You know what I found out this morning? We got a text message. Avery texted and said, We're finally going to church. My mom and dad are going to church. She was so excited. They were going to church. Praise God, there's still churches open for them to go to. Get right with God. Go hear God preached. So hear about Jesus Christ. My cup runneth over, guys. My testimony is my cup runneth over. He said, when you got this old run-down house, you got this, my cup runneth over. And unless you're a Christian and you know Jesus Christ, you'll never understand it. You'll never understand it. But I want you to understand it. This is not something you can't attain. I'm not trying to keep you away or make some kind of secret society thing out of this. No, 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 no. I'm here to tell you. That's the whole reason why I got up here to preach was to tell you Jesus Christ will save you. Jesus Christ will give you everything I have and more. He wants to. Listen, this is a book about sheep, amen? We were in John, we were reading about sheep. We were in Jeremiah reading about sheep in Sunday school. We are over here in Psalms reading about sheep. You know what I know about this book about sheep? It's not about the 99 sheep that Jesus Christ has found. You know what this book is about? The one that's lost. 
This book is about the one that's lost. And if you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, He's not standing behind me. He's not standing behind Brother Dalton. He's not standing behind my son. He's not standing behind Brother Ronnie. Jesus Christ is not standing behind these guys. He's not standing behind Sister Linda or Sister Tammy. You know where Jesus Christ is standing? He's standing right behind somebody who's not saved. He loves you. You say, how much does he love me, Brother Keegan? He loved you enough to die for you. And he's got his hands on your shoulder through the Holy Spirit. He says, will you take me? Will you come to me? I want you to be where we're going to be. I want you to be a part of my fold. I want to give you all these things that he's talking about. I want to give you all these things he's reading about. Will you let me? You know something I know about Jesus Christ? He's a gentleman. He don't come just busting in the door into your life. He's not just going to come bust in and take over your life. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3, he'll knock like a gentleman. Can I come in? It's your will. It's your choice. The ball's in your court. When he knocked on the door of my heart, I asked him to come in. He says, I'll come in and sup with you. He'll feed you. He'll do all these things for you that I'm reading about. You know why? Because he loves you. You don't have to open the door, though. It's your, it's your decision. And I know some of y'all, maybe y'all been under preaching all your life, and maybe you've had the Lord knocking on the door of your heart. Years and years, he's going to keep knocking. And you won't answer it. And you go down and you try to pretend like he's not knocking. And he's in here this morning knocking. Will you open him? Will you open the door for him? Let him come in? It's the best thing going. Amen. But I can only describe it to you. I can't give you the joy I have. I can't give you the peace. I can't do this stuff for you. I don't know anybody who can. Outside of Jesus Christ. But he's there. Look at verse 6. Surely goodness... And mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Lester Roloff, the great Texas preacher, used to say, goodness and mercy are the sheep herding dogs of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know what that means? That means they're always around the sheep. Goodness and mercy. Nipping at the heels of the sheep to keep them in line. Goodness and mercy. Running along. Keeping them in line. That's the, that's the sheep herding dogs of the Lord. But what would, if that's true, then instead of goodness, it's evil. And instead of mercy, it's judgment. And I know that's what you find outside of Jesus Christ. You're going to find evil and judgment and condemnation. And no matter what state you're in. No grace. No grace. But in Jesus Christ, you're going to find goodness and mercy and grace. And maybe you're not at the point in your life where you think you need grace and mercy. But I do. And I always have. And it will follow me the rest of my life. And I need it. And if you're honest with yourself this morning, Christian, you need it too. Amen. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And any time a Christian shows up in any place, goodness and mercy should be following with them. If you're a Christian in here this morning and you show up in a place, there should be goodness and mercy show up with you. Amen. Should be. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The end of verse 6. The end of verse 6 says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord for." Ever. See that I will? That's a definite statement. That means I will. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. Forever. Oh, Brother Keegan. That's the Old Testament. You're reading out of the Psalms. That don't matter. That's just the Old. Now, come on. Let's turn to John chapter 10. Let's close in John chapter 10. Let's see what Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, said about this. Let's look at John chapter 10. Let's close in John chapter 10, and and it'll be real quick, guys, but in John chapter 10, we'll close there. And in John chapter 10, Jesus Christ says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. 
He says he's the good shepherd. The good shepherd given his life for the sheep. He gave his life for you. That's verse 11. He's talking about that. Verse 7 he says, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. You want that door? There it is. It's Jesus Christ. That whole chapter is about this kind of stuff, but skip ahead to verse 27, and we'll close there. Verse 27 and 28. At verse 27, now this is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who said He's the shepherd. Look what He says in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Christian, you need to be following Jesus Christ. You need to be listening to His voice. You need to turn off that TV and stop listening to what the TV says. If the U.S. government says something is legal, that don't make it legal to you until God says it's legal. The U.S. government don't tell you what's right and wrong. Look, my mom and dad don't tell me what's right and wrong. Who tells you what's right and wrong? God tells you what's right and wrong. You should be listening to his voice. And you'll listen to him and you'll follow him. You'll stop following this world. This world's going to hell. The world's condemned already. You need to be following your shepherd, the Jesus Christ, because he says, my shepherd hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He knows you. Now look at verse 28. Christian, if you're born again and you're a young Christian, you need this verse. All the ones that are getting baptized this morning, listen. If you're getting baptized this morning or you don't know for sure if you're going to heaven or hell, you need this verse, verse 28. Here's what Jesus Christ said. I'm giving this to you because you need to know this. He says about his sheep in verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life. I'm here to tell you he's gave you eternal life. He's given it to you. Notice he didn't say you earned it. They earned eternal life. You didn't work for it. He says, I give it to them. He called you. You came to him. You asked him to save you. He said, I, I give unto them eternal life. And look, and they shall never perish. Never. I didn't say this. Jesus Christ said this about you. I give unto them eternal life. That's eternal life. That's everlasting life. That's life in heaven. That's life around all your loved ones. And a great reunion in heaven. That's everything you want. In your heart, Jesus Christ gives it to you. He gives it to you. And the Bible says freely in Romans chapter 5. Revelation chapter 22. Freely. It's free. It's a free gift. You can't work for this. You only can ask Jesus Christ. But you've got to ask the right person. And the right person is Jesus Christ. I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never, never, never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Nobody's going to take you out of Jesus Christ's hand. Verse 29, my Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Verse 30, I and my Father are one. You come to Jesus Christ, you're coming to God. Jesus Christ will save you, it's God saving you. It's the name of Jesus Christ and no other name. Are you in here this morning and don't know if you know Jesus Christ? We're about to give an invitation. When we sing this invitation, I'm asking you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come on down. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you to come out this church. This 40 miles. Some of y'all drove 45 minutes. Amen? And I thank you for that. I'm just saying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're about to give you an opportunity to come on down and accept Him. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, what are you waiting on? I'm going to leave you with this one last story before we have an invitation. They had this big banquet by 1890. Had this big banquet, big food banquet. And all these people around and had all these famous actors and had this old Methodist preacher that was invited to this banquet. And at this banquet, this man stood up. And he was an actor. And back then, you know, theater was everything. And this actor stood up and somebody said, recite Psalm 23. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he recited it and after it was done, everybody was just, oh, wonderful, wonderful. 
And somebody at the table said to that old Methodist preacher, hey, why don't you quote Psalm 23? And he gets up. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And they said by the time he got through speaking, everybody was crying around the table. Everybody was shedding tears. And the actor was just taken back. So the actor came to the, the, uh, t- came to the preacher and said, what? I said the same thing you said. What's the difference? What's the difference? And the preacher said, you know Psalms 23, but I know the author. Amen. Amen. Guys, the whole world could probably quote you Psalm 23. A lot of them could. A lot of the world could quote you John 3.16. But I'm here to tell you, you've got to know the author. Oh, I'm just not myself, although I look the same. Hey, this is Keegan Hall, the pastor of Indian Gap Baptist Church. We want to thank you for tuning in this morning. And uh, we're just trying to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus Christ in every way we can. And we hope we were a blessing to you. Now, if you're listening this morning and you're not saved, uh, we want you to be saved. That's our deepest prayer. We're doing all this so people can... Uh, get the gospel message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news is that he died for your sin. And if you're willing to admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, if you go to Jesus Christ in prayer and ask Jesus Christ to save you, he'll come in and save you. Now, honestly, I can tell you, when I've done that, Jesus Christ was the best thing ever happened to me. Now, if you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us uh, through email at keganvhall at gmail.com. That's K-E-E-G-A-N-V. H-A-L-L at gmail.com or you can call us at 325-998-2427. Until next time, God bless. Of all heaven and earth is living.